Welcome to this inspiring message by Paul Van Essen at Greater Life Church. For more information about us, do visit our website www.greaterlife.org.uk The spirit world is a very real world. And uh, as we talk about this area, and we're in the last week now of Get Your Armour On. We're talking about what Ephesians 6 famously talks about from verse 10 through to about verse 18, about the fact that we're in a war on this planet and that we are to be arrayed in our spiritual armour or else we are going to be in trouble. And so it makes perfect sense to think that some of the reasons, not all, but a significant amount of reasons why some of the Christian folk in the earth that God loves so dearly and has provided for so bountifully uh, struggle or get shot down or get taken out or live less than what God intended or are wounded in life in a way that they don't need to be and shouldn't be. Uh, one of the reasons, one of the big reasons for that is that we haven't worn our armor when God told us real clearly uh, that's what we should do. I want to read this little passage for you again. Thank God for his word. This is the truth uh, standing in heaven as it does here on earth. And I'm going to read Ephesians chapter 6 for you. I'm in the NIV from about verse 10 and uh, down to about 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle, our wrestle, one version says our hand-to-hand combat. So you're in a wrestle, you have struggles, you combat. As a Christian on this earth, that's part of the course. But our struggle and our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. It is against rulers, authorities, the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And you can see in a number of different versions, there are specifically four different levels of dark, evil, demonic powers uh, that exist that we're wrestling against. Therefore, in view of all that, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. You might be in the day of evil right now, In other words, a day when really it's very difficult for you. You may have been through different days of evil in the past. And I can promise you that if you will follow Jesus, you'll have days of evil, days of trouble, days of attack, days of pressure, uh, days of unfair, unwarranted slanders and different things that come against you in the future. So that's all right, though, because... When that day comes, you can stand your ground and after you've done everything, stand. 
How do you do it? Well, you stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's the fourth piece. Five, take the helmet of salvation and the six, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And seven, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And those six, seven pieces, I'm sorry, of armor are what God has provided. And I just want to take a minute or two to remind you that the armor is not a belt. The armor is truth. And to put the armor on, there is a truth about in the kingdom of God about confession, the enormous power of your words that literally your words create your world. And we'll touch on that in a moment when we start to talk about the sword of the Spirit. But you can't put this armor on simply by saying you have it on. One truth in the scripture does not solve every problem. And uh, it's pretty common, uh, I know, because I was just like that. Uh, especially when you're young and especially when you're hungry for God, you kind of, you get a revelation on one truth and you think, my goodness, this is, this is it. This is going to change everything. This is the thing. Um, and it's good to feel that way because God is building a piece of truth in you. Um, but then if you will go on with God, you'll find over the period of time, and especially while, whilst you're hungry, you'll find this other truth. And you'll think, my goodness, this is incredible. And, and, and that has changed my life and how I view life and ministry and, and walking with Jesus. And then if you'll keep going, then you'll find another truth. And as long as you hunger for God and seek God, pieces of truth out of heaven will come to your life and start to build over time uh, an understanding, a, a broader picture of what it's like to walk with God. Um, and and so you 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 end up then with, you, 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 I'm in a place now, put it this way, I'm in a place now where um, I will not nearly so much talk about one thing as if it is the answer to everything. When we're preaching on one subject, so people will say something like this, uh, you know, all you need is Jesus. And on the one hand, that's true. And on the other hand, it's not true at all. So in terms of your salvation, in terms of being right with God, in terms of the whole embodiment of who God is, is in Jesus, that's true. And no one else can save you. And there's no other way to salvation. That's absolutely true. But then if you look at the New Testament, you see relationship with other people, those that God has put over your life, leaders, overseers, relationship with those alongside you, brothers and sisters, disciple making other people, leading and influencing other people. That is a massive part of following Jesus. And you're not going to successfully follow Jesus without 
building those kind of relationships. You see it in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Have a read of that sometime. You'll, talk, you'll see about the, the ligaments that join together to form the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not one individual person saying, all I need is Jesus, and then next to them another individual person saying, all I need is Jesus, because the, the, there is no connection between the two. There needs to be. That's what the nature of the body of Christ really is. So, you know, that's one example. You know, there's others' examples. Prayer. Prayer is a life-changing thing. We're going to talk about prayer. But uh, if, if I were to say to you that prayer will solve every problem, I'd be lying to you. There are people that have said it, and I've probably said it in the past, somewhere along the way. But, but some things will not shift and change unless you really pray. Absolutely true. And some things you can pray until you're blue in the face and fast and have all the leaders of the church fast with you, if they will, and it won't change. For example, it won't change reaping what you sowed. If you keep speaking unkindly or unpleasantly or critically to other people, you're going to keep reaping what you sow no matter how much you pray. You see, so there's a balance of truths in these things. Now, in regards to this matter of, of the armor, remember this, the belt of truth. So it is not that you speak it on. It's that you understand it and that you walk in it. I understand that the belt is truth, that, that if I will walk in truth, if my the guidelines of my life and decisions are truth, then I hold a piece of arm, this armor in place I have the belt on. If I understand righteousness, it's like a breastplate. It protects all these, uh, these, these organs of yours. But you can't just say, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. If you don't know, understand that you are now the righteousness of God, that if you were to see how you stand before Father in heaven today, you would see that there is not one mark, not one blemish, that you are absolutely righteous, absolutely pure, absolutely holy before God and before all his angels. And if you could see that, it would impact how you pray and how you, because you know there's, there is no blockage, there is no guilt. What is this? this? This thing that slides into the back of my head and tells me somehow I've got to, you know, this isn't quite right or that isn't quite right. Uh, that just simply isn't true. That's righteousness. And when you understand that and then you walk in righteousness, in other words, you take your steps through the day and you say, now that is who I am. I'm not shifting off that. I am, And I put it into practice in my life. I don't allow my life to be uh, derailed by thoughts of my unrighteousness because I'm the righteous. That is putting on the breastplate. Then we walk. Shoes shod with the readiness of the gospel, ready to bring the gospel of peace, the good news of reconciliation and friendship. Then we did, and we've done these, so I'm, I'm not spending any time on them. Faith, the shield of faith that we trust what God said in our hearts more than what the circumstances or our feelings tell us. That's 
that when we understand that and walk in that, then we have the shield of faith. Last time, week, last time, we talked about the helmet of salvation, that literally your thinking controls how you live. The believing in your heart and the thinking in your head, uh, 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 they, they work together. Uh, and so when you think right, it'll help you believe right. And the helmet of salvation protects your thinking um, and, and it is the fact that you are saved, that you are safe, that you are whole. So we talked about that, that last week. Now, ne- this week we're talking now about the final two pieces of armor, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and then praying always with all prayer. Now, this sword of the spirit, that's what this NIV version says here. I'll read it for you again. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I like to quote to you here, the New English Bible, listen to this, and this will throw a little more light on this. It says, For sword, take that which the Spirit gives you, the words that come from God. Isn't that a great take on that verse? For, For sword, take that which the Spirit gives you, the words that come from God. Because in there you've got the idea of a spoken word, you're hearing God speak, not just a written word, a historical document, but words that God is speaking to you. And they're a sword. Um, It is the only aggressive weapon in this whole series of seven pieces of armor this is the only attacking one the sword of the spirit and i want to say to you that words are swords so the sword of the spirit of god is the words of god in your mouth but just to understand that all words are swords i i think i quoted this week in in one of the little videos we did uh out of the book of proverbs that says that the words uh, piercing negative words or hateful words I forget the exact phrase but they pierce like a sword words are swords in the spirit realm and whether you're a Christian or not a Christian makes no difference the spirit realm that spirit world is real and in that world what a physical sword does in this physical world words do So words are enormously powerful. And your words can literally cut down and hurt the heart of another person. In fact, interestingly enough, uh, just today, just today, as I was preparing for this time together, uh, I received some words, let's put it that way, I I, um, it doesn't matter the context particularly, but some words were directed at me from someone that I like and someone that I trust, and they were hurtful words. Uh, they were uh, pretty unpleasant words, uh, accusative kind of words, and that hurt. And so I had to Uh, deal with that I had to process that get through that make the right response not let myself collapse and say oh everybody hates me 
uh, not get myself uh, all angry and wound up and uh, and uh, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You know, some people have given away so many pieces of their mind, I'm not sure there's too much left. But um, but but nevertheless, you see words of sorts and, and that'll be true in your life. Some of you, as you're listening to me right now, will remember words that somebody said from 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years ago. And it's still a wound there. Now, the dealing with those wounds, the healing of that, the forgiveness of that, that's a different topic. But I just want you to understand that words are swords. And that the most powerful sword you can have is the words from God in your mouth. Now, how you handle that sword is really important. I have here with me, don't practice this at home, all right? Don't get upset. I'm not going to do anything too dangerous. But I have here with me the closest thing I can get to a sword. Voila. Which is one of my wife's cooking swords. And it's a pretty sharp one and a pretty good one. And I'm not a great cook. But I know, for instance, that, and I'm being careful here, that I pick it up here. That I have the blade pointing downwards. That if I'm cutting something, I don't cut towards me. Just a couple of basic things. And uh, imagine now with a sword if I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to correctly handle it. So if I'm incorrect, I might pick it up by the blade. Or I might point it this way instead of the other way. And I might be trying to do something with the sword like this and it ain't working. Can you see how ridiculous that looks? Because we all more or less know the basics of handling a kitchen knife. It's the same with the Word of God. If you don't know how to handle the Word of God, if you don't know how to pick it up, how to release its force, then it's going to be useless to you. And in the spirit world, you're going to look about as silly as I just looked then. So let me help you with this, because here's the word of God. This is my Bible. Okay, so the Bible is the word of God. Everything that's in here, God wrote. Some of the things we don't understand. We receive some of these things by faith, but it's the word of God. Every last bit of it. Some people will challenge you at times and say, well, if God meant this, then why did he say that? Or what does that mean? And I can tell you after 40-something years of walking with God that I understand a lot more than I used to, but I don't understand it all. And I also know that when I go to heaven and I meet the God who wrote this word and something that might have been a mystery to me for 50 years, he will explain in a moment of time and we'll all stand there and realize what he said in here in 1 Peter chapter 1 is true, that the word of the Lord stands forever. Heaven and earth are going to pass away one day. I know that the COVID situation is challenging for people, but it isn't the end. There's coming an awesome revival. There's coming an awesome awakening. We're already in the early part of that. And God is going to structure things so that his people lay hold of him more than ever before. And the COVID or whatever else might come, and there will be other things that come, 
to try and distract, hinder, steal, kill, or destroy. God's people, as they always have, will rise up. God's Spirit will be mightily poured out, and we will see things the like of which we had never imagined. It's in the hearts and prophetic uh, spirit of so many of God's people. I know it's coming, and we and so we're going to see that. But one day, this earth will pass away. And one day heaven will pass away. God's making new heavens and a new earth. He's pretty good at that. He might even do it better the second time. Who knows? Though I understand the first job was very, very good. But this word will never pass away. If you were to meet Jesus and he were to come out of heaven today and speak to you where you are, and this will happen, to I, I say this from time to time, and it'll happen to people for sure. And has happened to people where, where just the, the cloud of the glory of God fills your room. You can't see the screen. You can't see me. But Jesus comes in and begins to speak to you. And he, he does that from time to time as he wishes. Hasn't done it for me in 40 something years. So don't worry about it. Makes no difference unless he wants to do it for you. But if he were to, my point is this. He's going to quote the scripture. He's going to say something like, haven't you written, haven't you read where I said? Or haven't you written where the word of God says? Because this is what is established truth in heaven forever. Now, I say all that because we're talking about the word of God and the sword of the spirit. If you walk around with a Bible in your hand and wave it at the devil, uh, you can't come near me. You're kind of like handling a sword by picking it up by the blade. Uh, it's not going to do anything. And you just look a bit silly in the spirit world. If you, um, so if you, if you stand on it, some people, are, you know, they like the practice. I'm standing on the word of God. All those kinds of things. If you read it, reading the Bible is good. But it isn't using a sword. Remember, you put your armor into practice by understanding and by acting. The only way that the sword of the spirit works is when it's in your mouth. Never forget that. The only way the sword of the spirit in spiritual warfare works is when it's in your mouth. You see it in the Bible in different places, but particularly in the book of Revelation. First chapter, I think, when Jesus appears, John is caught up in this vision, John the Apostle, on the Isle of Patmos. And he sees Jesus and he sees this sharp sword coming out of his mouth. That's the exact same image that, that should be in your heart with this. A sharp sword coming out of your mouth. If you don't get the words of God coming out of your mouth, then you are mishandling the sword and you are going to not have much effect against the devil. Arguing about the Bible, uh, reading even the Bible, all that, that can be a valuable thing, obviously, but it isn't using the sword. 
Now, I want to throw this in as well, this little reference we made that came out of the New English Bible, which said, and let me find it again because I closed my Bible. Um, and it says here, For sword, take that which the Spirit gives you, the words that come from God. All right, so you, th th there is more to this than just getting a piece of scripture. It's words that are spoken into your heart from God. And I say that to say this, that your interaction with God and with the Bible is not purely intellectual. Your, your interaction with the Word of God is God is speaking to you. Sometimes we read it and we're just learning and we're growing and we're embracing new information and we're changing our thinking. And that's part of it. But, word, but faith comes by hearing God speak. It, he, these, sometimes you read something and it comes alive to you and you think, ah, oh, it's like a, a great moment that changes your life. It's exactly what happened to John Alexander Dowie, who became the father, really, of what we'd call the modern healing movement, I suppose, is a term you could use. The, the, the reality of healing being in the atonement. That was in the late 1800s. He found, I'll tell you about it another day, because I don't have time now, but he found one verse in the Bible as he was seeking and thirsting and that spoke to his heart, changed his whole life and ministry. So that doesn't happen to you every day, and but it needs to be happening to you. And so when you're hearing a preacher or a teacher or somebody sent from God speaking the word of God to you, it needs to be you need to tune your senses and listen because in that, God will speak to you things that you won't get when you're just reading the Bible. They're both important. Okay, let me move forward with this idea. We have a perfect example in both Matthew chapter 4, first few verses, and in Luke chapter 4, first few verses. We're not going to turn there. You can look at them in your own time, and some of you will know this story. But in both those passages of Scripture, excuse me for one moment, in both those passages, we have Jesus facing Satan, being tempted by the devil. And, uh, and we have these famous three interactions where the devil says, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus says, do you remember? It is written. That's one thing you want to learn to say. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then he comes again. Then he says, it is written again. And then he comes a third time and he and eventually the devil passes. My point here is that Jesus is showing us, putting into practice, exactly how you and I should be dealing with the devil. Remember this, we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against demons of different levels of authority. And, the, and part of the armor that we have is a sword of the spirit. And it's the words from God in our mouth. Now, the reason that I touched on this importance of you hearing God speak is that just 
quoting, I won't say meaningless, but you know, just quoting passages of scripture. Something has to be real in your heart. You have to have a sense that God is speaking to you. And what I would encourage you to do is find passages of scripture that are relevant to your case and that deal with whatever the devil tries to throw at you. So you have to think a little bit because in war, bamboozling or scaring or surprising the the enemy. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Surprising, surprising you is, is like a big advantage. And if you don't have your bearings, you don't know what's going on. You're thinking, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm feeling really upset. I'm feeling lost. I'm feeling like, and you, and people go through this all the time. Get your bearings. Realize, in many cases, not every case, but in many cases, Satan is sending something against you. And if you're going to cut that down, kill it with a sword, you're going to have to have a relevant word of God in your mouth. If it's sickness, for instance, and it's a particular kind of illness, then find a passage of scripture in the word of God and meditate on it till it gets in your heart. Hear me today. This is important. So that when it comes against you, the first thing that springs out of your heart is the word of God. And the thought comes, your mother had breast cancer. You've got a lump in your breast. It killed her. It'll probably kill you too. They're the, exactly the nasty kind of thoughts the devil will throw at people. And you come back with, it is written, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Or, it is written, a thousand will fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand will not come near me. Now, I'm just quoting a couple of passages. One was Psalm 91. Uh, one was, I'm not sure what the reference is. But my point is this. Don't just quote something because somebody else said it or because it seemed you're in a wrestle here. You've got to win this thing. You've got to beat this demon. And so you've got to have something that's built in you. So what I would do is search the scriptures. Get online and search relevant scriptures, but put the time and energy in, read and, and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me and give me the right words to speak into this situation or the right sword to cut down this particular thing. Because it isn't a one size fits all. So in my life, for instance, I have faith for certain things um, for my life and health and influence for the fulfillment of my calling. I have strong faith for that. And because of a particular uh, series of thoughts and scriptural truths that have been built in my heart over the years. But what works for me in that way may not be what works for you. Can you hear me? So whilst guys like me and girls like Carrie teach and preach and bring the word of God, it doesn't take away from your need to get hold of God for yourself to win your battle, to put your own armor on. I can't put it on for you. I can't pick up the sword for you. I can't tell you what the sword is. I can just tell you that you've got to find that sword and put it and put it in your mouth.
And the final thing I want to say about that there is like just with Jesus, it is written, you have to speak to the devil. You have to speak to that accusation. So Jesus says, it is written, he's talking to the devil, man will not live by bread alone. So here's one example, okay? You can find others, but here's one of my favorite examples. It's 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. It says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear is a horrible emotion. Fear is an emotion I have wrestled with numerous times over the years. And it is so uh, debilitating when that feeling of fear and, and, and total lostness comes on you. It is horrifying. And, but God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And so you can use that sort. If that spirit fear comes, it is written, God has not given me a spirit of fear. So you're speaking it out in direct confrontation, a sword, an aggressive move against a thought that is coming, trying to tell you that you have fear or you have an unsound mind or you have no power or you have no love. So that's just one example. But the point I want you to get is you've got to speak it. You've got to say it. And you don't say it, you know, if you go like this in a, in a battle, say you're like fencing, you know, and you've got the sword and you're like, and you go, you go like this. Nobody who's fighting you in, in a sword fight is going to um, be afraid of that. But when you have that spirit in you, brave heart headed, remember that? And they're all, those horses are charging. You know, they've got those wooden spears. Remember that? They hid those wooden spears. They're kind of hidden behind the finger. They're like wooden posts. And these horses, you know, I'm not being cruel to horses. I'm sorry. These horses of the English are charging at the Scottish. And he knows what the plan is. He's got these swords ready. And, and they're all excited and they're all anxious. And he says, hold. In come these horses. Hold. In, in the cupboard, they hold. And then at the last minute, they all put him up. Now. And they, that aggressive spirit against the enemy with the word in your mouth is what you've got to have. Don't play games with the devil. Put the armor on by getting the word in your heart. Fill your heart with the word because your mouth will speak the overflow of your heart. Discern the thing that is coming against you. Search the scripture and get it in your mouth. Do a little analysis on yourself. And think about how many times in the day you actually walk around speaking the word of God. It's much less than it could be. Now, a lady shared us at the beginning about worship. It has the same kind of power. Doesn't do much just when you listen to it. It helps create a nice atmosphere. But it's when you belt it out and your spirit produces something called worship changes the atmosphere, snaps change, sends de devils running. That's putting on.
taking up the sword of the Spirit.